Hey, sophisticated spectators. Want to stay loud, laced, and locked in to Beyond the Bleachers? Our brand new website, beyondthebleacherspodcast.com, has links for every streaming platform where you can listen to new episodes every Monday, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at beyondthebleachers underscore. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. My name is Samantha. I have my lovely co-host, Jocelyn, with me. How are you doing this week? Woo! There's been so much basketball on. You know I can't even contain myself, especially <laughs> one of the last week. I know! And it's just been so much happening! Every I just feel like every week is a week that you can't miss. These games are so good. They're... I, they I, are. Can't, I couldn't even pick one breakout star on a t- on the team, but we'll get to that later on. But I'm just saying the basketball has been top notch, top notch, top notch. <laughs> it's getting hard to like pick out one breakout game or one breakout <sighs> player because there's yeah. so many good teams and so many good players. And I feel like I mean, we talked about it earlier in the podcast season, how this is the second half. And so this is the time where people need to put up or shut up. And so you see a lot of teams that are kind of making their surge forward and trying to solidify their spot. But then there's other people that are like doing very well and they're trying to keep that momentum going so that they can move maybe a little further in the standings or maybe get into the standings. And so we're seeing a lot of that now. And then there's other teams that are getting tired, a a lot of teams that are still dealing with injuries and we're starting to see openings where maybe there weren't openings before yeah yeah I mean it's just been crazy Syracuse hopping on the top 25 it's just wild things keep changing rankings keep switching from week to week and it's just pretty exceptional I love it that's my favorite word this season exceptional because it's just been exceptional things happening Well, for those of you all that have been listening to the podcast every week, shout out to y'all. Yes. I, for the last couple weeks, haven't really had very much to say about Maryland because I've just been disappointed. And I kind of was just like, we just, they're going through a moment. We're we're not going to talk about them. So I kind of, you know, kind of breezed on by them. But this week they had one game against Michigan, which they lost in overtime, 77 to 79. At this point, I was just like, oh my goodness, what is going on? You know, so I really had to dig a little bit deeper. I thought about a lot of the things that I wanted Maryland to work on that I had mentioned very early on in the season. And I had to take some time to reflect on where they are now in comparison to, you know, some of the teams that are at the top and kind of where they started. Where they land, yeah. Mm -hmm. The key points that I had for them were turnovers, points in the paint, second chance points and offensive rebounds, rebounds as a whole, and then bench production. And so I not only compared them, the those stats to Michigan for that game, but I also took some of them and I looked at the top teams in the country and how they compare to teams that are currently sitting in the top 25. Mm-hmm. So for turnovers, they had 21 turnovers in the game against Michigan in comparison to 
Creighton, who is number 21 in the standings and number three in the least amount of turnovers per game. They're sitting at 10.7 turnovers per game. So that's Mm -hmm. a big difference, you know, going from they're averaging 10 to we had 21. Not a good look. But it's believable that the game ended in a tie. I mean, only by two points because their turnovers were 21-21. Points in the paint, they actually did better than Michigan with points in the paint with 40 to Michigan's 34. Second chance points, they only had 10, and we know that a lot of that comes from your offensive rebounding. They only had seven offensive boards. In comparison to number 22, Syracuse, who is number six in the nation in offensive rebounds with 17.1 per game. So once again, a big difference, 7 to 17. Mm-hmm. Rebounds, they lost in the rebound category to Michigan, 29 to 36. And who is number one in rebounding in NCAA women's basketball right now? Only our number one ranked team, South Carolina, with 48.1 rebounds per game. Whew. And we've talked a lot about how when you have 40 and over rebounds per game, everything just kind of shifts at that point. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at bench points. We won in that category against Michigan, 20 to 12. But the number four team in the country in terms of bench points is, once again, number one, South Carolina, with 33.9 bench points per game. So when I'm comparing (laughs) Maryland in this game against Michigan to some of the top teams in the country, we just don't stand up. And so these are areas where Maryland still needs to improve. It's not something where I expect them to improve overnight and magically make their way into the top 25. But it's something that they need to consider as they are recruiting, as they are kind of moving people around in a roster as people are graduating and you have new people coming in or you're getting transfers in and you're starting to get a feel for where people need to be positioned on the floor. These are some of the things that they need to be looking at. So that's my feedback for Maryland. Another loss, but, you know, once again, room for growth. Yeah, I mean, there's always room for growth. And I love your, like, I guess, would we could we call it midseason or a little past midseason, like halfway report? I love that, Sam. This on is kind of like end of the third quarter report. End of the third quarter report. There we go. End of the third quarter report. Where we at? Listen, great breakdown, Sam. Honestly, your your ladies have, your Terps have been challenged this season, you know, and they're they're trying to gain their footing. They when they find a little bit of a stride and they think that they're on the up and up, you know, they hit a roadblock and they're just trying to figure out how to bounce back, I believe, just faster. Like their bounce back ability just needs to be quicker. And uh I think they'll be good after that. But I mean, great breakdown. You know, there's there's things to work on, like every team has, because yes. I know my team needs it. And just a note because This is live in the action. We do stuff as we see it. Maryland just lost another game today to Penn State. (laughs) Not even going to discuss the score because y'all could go on Google and look that up for yourself. But this is live updating in the moment. So once again, things that we need to work on, things that need improvement. (laughs) I've told y'all over and over again, somebody from Maryland staff needs to be listening to the podcast. (laughs) They need you. They need you, Sam. They need you to go in there and break it down for them. Tell them what they need to do. (laughs) 
so they can just, you know, coach Nike a little bit more. They, she needs like an outside influence, an outside looking, a sophisticated spectator. Okay? Sophisticated spectator. Well, listen, y'all already know the game that had everyone searching for where to watch it. Where do you go? We went live for commentary only, we have to say, and we have to keep telling y'all that. Sorry, y'all. Listen. Thank y'all to all the new followers and subscribers. We have to say thank you. We appreciate y'all. But Thursday was only commentary. When we go live, it's only for commentary. We cannot stream the games. I just want to make sure y'all know that, like, officially on the pod, we got to tell you, whenever we say we're going live, it's not false advertisement. We're just commentating. So if you want to see me yelling and screaming my head off and Sam laughing at me and dropping major stats live, that's what we do, okay? (laughs) We talk about it. We break down at halftime, like, what we see, what we think needs to happen, and we just keep on going, all right? So no streaming here, but when I tell you it was a game that I'm pretty sure I feel like the whole nation nation was watching. If you're into W. Uh, to women's basketball and looking into the W and like looking to see what the new stars are going to be going, breaking out into the W, then you were watching this game because what a game it was. Thursday night was a night. I mean, this was one of the most anticipated matchups in NCAA women's basketball this year. My Gamecocks against the LSU Tigers. Yeah. I mean, listen, what a game it was. It was a game of blocks, big shots, okay, major stops. It was a whirlwind, and I'm so happy to say my ladies are still undefeated after being down as much as 11 points. It was insane. So we gained a small lead earlier on in the game, getting like up two to zero. I mean, that was basically it when Sam freaking told me because we were all live. I'm like, they were only, they weren't even up. She's like, well, we were up you know, by two points earlier on. That was after tip-off. That doesn't even count. But anyway, sure, we were. We were. That was the last time we were up for a while. I'm talking a long while. Cardozo had a big block on Angel Reese earlier on in the first quarter, but that didn't stop Angel from dominating the first half offensively. She went off. I got to give that girl, that lady, that young lady, her respect. Not girl. She's definitely a young lady. Angel Reese, I tipped my hat off. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. I saw what you was doing. You know, she closed the game with 15 points, eight rebounds, and four assists after playing not, uh, 29 minutes. She fouled out of the game, but, you know, I guarantee you if she didn't foul out the game, uh, I don't know if I would have been saying, you know, my Gamecocks were undefeated. <laughs> to be honest with you, I got to keep it real. You know I keep it real with my sophisticated spectators, even if it's my team. I got to call it like what I, how I see it. But that's not what happened because Breezy with her threesies, making it look all so easy, was not going to let, you know, her go out without a fight. Also, Flauge, I mean, had Pow Pow on lock. But Don Staley told Holly that Pow Pow seeks out big moments. And although she was struggling a bit from behind the arc, only making two of the seven uh, shots she took from three, she still managed to score 12 points. And each point was major, okay? She had that one strong drive to the basket going up strong. And another drive put her on the line and tied the game at 67. Also, six assists. You know, she she's big in great moments. Like, she 
she's always that person that that Dawn can just basically rely on when it comes to like massive moments. She seeks them out. She goes for it. Her basketball IQ, I keep saying it, is amazing because, you know, she would continue to find the player that, you know, Angel Reese was guarding down low, knowing that Angel Reese was in foul trouble. That's smart point guard decisions. You get her out of the game. She was the, the leader over there on that side. She's the core of LSU's squad. So taking her out of the game, obviously, what does that result in? Us winning. Even though most of her threes weren't falling the way she typically does, the way that she was able to just brill it in and make those big threes when it really mattered, that's just a championship kind of caliber point guard to me. If you're asking, I'm telling. But I have to give Chloe Kitts the entire first half for the Gamecocks because she kept her intensity up, driving to the lane, making those post moves, also forcing the defense to collapse on her and do what? Foul her. Because that's really what kept us in the entire game. So I have to really give the full first half to Chloe Kitts. She's still been impressing me. I mean, to just be a sophomore, the work she put in is just unmatched and you know the only thing that you know at at this critical moment of the game we're missing foul shots that kind of scared me you know and as a team you know we went seven for 13 it was still missed opportunities that could have just gotten us either over this hump or like this scary playing from behind the most of the time or it could have just had us up for most of the game uh this game was a nail buyer to say the least but you know i had to end you know, my portion of the highlight segment without putting the spotlight on somebody, and it's the highlight queen herself. It's my Lasia full Wiley. You know, listen, <laughs> she is going to give you a highlight. I don't care what. She is going to make sure she gives you a highlight. Full Wiley coming off the bench brings a spark on offense and defense. Her defense leads to a deflection, which leads to a fast break down the floor where she drives and she scores another possession she puts the ball on offense she gets the ball on offense and then she drives uh the baseline passes it to pow pow gets it back boom she drains a three at the buzzer like this chick is doing buzzer beaters are you kidding me she's a freshman crazy it was fantastic i mean again Michaela Williams on the other side lsu she was balling out these freshmen this year i keep saying it crazy but anyway, final score, 76 to 70. My Gamecocks literally pulled it out in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But hey, we're undefeated 18 and 0. Let's go. <laughs> Definitely a great win for South Carolina. And we had kind of talked about it after the game. You tried to give them a little bit too much credit because you said that South Carolina really didn't take control of the game <laughs> until the, you know, the second half of the fourth quarter. And I was like, uh, more like the last minute of the fourth <laughs> quarter because I was sitting there biting my nails trying not to pass out. No, <laughs> trying not to pass out, fam. You, you saw how red I was getting. Oh, I know. <laughs> For those of you that missed the live, you missed a great time. We had so much fun on there. We're going to have more lives because we know that basketball season is getting intense right now. We're seeing a lot more games that are going to be on these national platforms such as ESPN. And so we're going to keep going live. We'll keep you updated on all our social media platforms. So make sure you're following there. Just a stat because you know how I love stats. We love the stat from the stat queen. <laughs> I read on social media 
that the South Carolina versus LSU game on ESPN beat out the NBA on TNT game, the Celtics versus the Heat, on Thursday night with an average of 1.56 million viewers. No way. Huge for women's basketball. So when people are opting to watch LSU versus South Carolina instead of the NBA, you know you're doing something right. It was a great game. If you missed it, make sure you go on ESPN app and try and rewatch it on demand because it's definitely worth watching even if you know the end result. Yeah, it's definitely a game to watch for sure. And it's definitely giving championship caliber. Boo. <laughs> definitely giving championship caliber. I don't want to speak too soon because that's when stuff starts to happen. Oh. But definitely giving championship caliber game. Definitely giving like something you expect in a final four mm-hmm. or, a, you know, like a sweet 16 type of rematch. Like I'm Absolutely. excited for where they fall in the bracket and if they end up playing each other um, in the tournament, it's going to be just as exciting as it is now. Absolutely. In the meantime, we are back for part three of our free agency talk with the WNBA. We know that the conversation period is almost over. February 1st is the official first day that players can sign either with their current team or with new teams. And so we're starting to see a lot more people expressing their interest in certain teams. We're hearing that teams are reaching out to certain players that are still out there in the pool, waiting to be snatched up, still looking for those good deals. We still, I think, agree that the number one player that we are excited to hear about is Skylar Diggins-Smith. I think that she's going to be mums the word for a while. I think she's going to take her time and be diligent and really watch this offseason and kind of seeing where other people land before she ends up making her final decision. We know Skylar Diggins-Smith. She's right in our age bracket, so she's of a particular age where she's trying to win a ring. And so she's not just going to sign with any old team. It's going to take a little bit longer before we finally hear where she is going to lock in for this season. But in the meantime, there have been moves being made, uh, meetings are happening, intentions are being let out into the atmosphere, and so we have some updates. We're going to talk about them, the first one being that Kalani Brown intends to re-sign with Dallas. This is a player that came in on a hardship contract last season, but she's really worked hard to keep herself in shape year around, whether it was playing overseas or picking up hardship contracts in the league. She's bounced around a lot between a few different teams, but she really found a home in Dallas last season. And I thought it would have been stupid if Dallas let her get away. And so I think that this is great for her. She's already developed such great chemistry with a lot of those players out there. And ultimately, I think it's great for Dallas because we've talked about how just give them a couple years and they're going to be right up there in championship conversation talks. And I think that that starts with securing a a player like Kalani Brown. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to lock them in. Listen. If you're looking to try and get to a championship, first of all, just get to final four. Just get to the playoffs. You know, like you have to start putting these pieces together smart before the season starts and and get these ladies in the best positions possible. So, yeah, I mean, 
we have to start looking at every move like it's chess. Like we've been playing, don't be playing checkers every time. Every time you lose and you don't make it to that finish line or at least that finish line of the game to be in a possible champion, you have to go back to the drawing board and see what you need to do. And I think this is the most crucial time for the W now with the front office back office every office <laughs> they need to gm's gotta get involved these coaches because locking down the key players and also obviously talking to these players and seeing where they want to be we'll get into that a little later but it's going to just call uh, cause the the actual outcome that you want which is to freaking win and i love the decisions that's been happening honestly i don't know how you've been feeling about all these moves and like you know, people, you know, people getting court and um, ex- uh, contracts being extended. I think it's so important now that it's all happening. And I'm actually really happy with the moves that um, these teams have been making. I definitely think that we're getting to this place in the league where players are being very strategic in where they're signing mm-hmm. and teams are taking that very seriously. Yeah, I think that when the league first started, it was such a, a gimme grab, you know, players were like I have to get my spot before maybe my spot is taken away from me you know Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing people are willing to make bolder moves to really put out there into the atmosphere what they want what their expectations are that's what we need we need players that are willing to be vocal and stand up not only for themselves and what they want but also what the league deserves right So the next player is Lasia Clarendon. We know her most recently from Los Angeles. She has announced her intention to re-sign with Los Angeles, which I think once again is also a great move. She suffered a lot of injury last season, but she was a key player for them. She brings a lot of veteran leadership experience. She's played with a lot of teams. She's had experience with a lot of the players and a lot of the coaches in the W. But when I think about Jordan Canada's intention to pursue a sign-in trade, it's so crucial that we lock in a point guard fast if they can come to a mutual agreement and they can lock Lasia Clarendon in it'll be a great move for Los Angeles yeah I think it's just it just makes sense absolutely they need to make sure she stays there and there's so many rookies too that they need to at least see somebody staying with the with the team that at least they saw last year that they went to camp with that you know they were practicing with because it's only going to help we already talked about how the Sparks are kind of trying to find their rebuild and, and seeing what that looks like. And unfortunately, they're just losing big pieces. We'll get to it soon. But, uh, you know, Clarendon staying there is a massive, massive win for the Sparks. I think I think she even feels, uh, you know, I think Clarendon even feels good there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love to see it. I, I just hope that everything works out. So the next player is Alana Smith, formerly okay. of the Chicago Sky. She announced that it's expected she's going to sign with Minnesota Lynx. Another great grab, I think. They have Jess Shepard, who is now, I believe, in her fifth season out of I Notre so. Dame. Um, and so, but she suffered a lot of injuries. She ended mm-hmm. her rookie season in 2019 with an ACL tear, missed all of 2020, which we know was also an abbreviated season due to COVID. Due to COVID and so yeah. she has yet to play a full season in the W since she has come back from injury. 
or I guess at all at this point. She hasn't played a full season. I think that a person like Alana Smith, who was in the conversations of most improved player, is somebody that can add depth, especially down low. Don't we need all the work we could have? We could get down low. We got to just get down low and get these bigs down low. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, listen, it sucks for Chicago. They all, they have a lot of going on over there. And we talked about it a lot. They have a lot season. of growing to do. <laughs> a whole lot. I mean, in, in so many areas, it's levels. There's so many levels. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm really. This is a good move for uh, or good pick or a good still even for Minnesota. They definitely needed. I mean, we talked about the rookie now, not so much too much of a rookie now. Diamond Miller over there. I'm super excited that we have just some sort of veteran kind of caliber going on over there to Minnesota. They definitely need it. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Cheryl will be happy for it, too. Cheryl will definitely be happy for it. <laughs> The next player is someone that we have been talking about for a while now as she was one of the top people that we were going to see in free agency, and that is Jonquil Jones. She Mm -hmm. announced her intention to re-sign with New York. We talked about different variables as to whether if she decided to sign, how good of a look that would be, and then if she decided to leave, where she could possibly land. Well, she decided to re-sign with New York. That means that some other players that we will also get to later on in this conversation are probably not going to be signing with New York. But how do we feel with JJ intending to lock it in with New York and try and run it back and maybe win a championship the second time around? So much for going to Washington. (laughs) So much for Washington. We're still on the hunt. The Mystics definitely might have needed you. But uh, all right, still on the hunt. Yeah, still on the hunt, Sam. But anyway, for JJ staying with New York, it makes sense. Let's be honest. It makes sense. I mean, they were so close, and we talked about it last episode, how she was a major factor in them being so close and possibly almost winning. Because let's not forget that shot that she made just not in the nick of time because it wasn't like the Aces won with a whole bunch of uh, numbers behind that score. <laughs> like, it was definitely a close call. And JJ did make that layup at the end of the buzzer, but it just wasn't in time. So I'm pretty sure that left a very sour taste in her mouth. And because they were so close, you know, close but no cigar, she's going to try to grab that cigar this time. So it makes sense. Stay in, stay in New York, JJ. I get your Get your work done, I guess. <laughs> Or try to. So now we move on to a couple of people that have been cored, but now we're starting to hear that they are more than likely going to be requesting a sign and trade. So the first one is Elena Deladon, who now Phoenix has expressed interest in possibly snatching up. I don't know how I feel about this, but I will say that I suspect this was a Christy Tolliver move. And this may be where we start to see Christy Tolliver making her stamp on the Phoenix Mer- Mercury organization. They, we know that they played together in Washington for two different stints. They won a ring together. They have this history. I was actually kind of shocked. I'm surprised, yeah. She potentially might not be staying in Washington. 
due to her family being from Delaware. She talks about how close she is to them and how the reason for her wanting to come to Washington was so that her family can have better access to home games for her. And then when she came to Washington, also indicating that she didn't have a desire to play anywhere else. Like it was kind of Washington or bust. So now we're hearing that there's interest in her possibly going all the way to the other side of the country. I don't know how that's going to work. None of this is coming from EDD, obviously. So we don't know how true it is or where her loyalty ultimately is going to lie. Do I think she will fit in Phoenix? I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts out there. The main one being Brittany Griner. Um, I do think that if they can lock in Brittany Griner, that could be a potential landing spot for her because it takes the pressure off of her. You know, she's used to playing in that four or five position, Mm -hmm. but she's used to playing with someone that is not as developed. Right. And so the past couple of years she's played with Shakira Austin, who we knew dealt with a lot of injury this past season. But now she's going potentially to play with Brittany Griner if they can lock both of them in. And they came out of the same draft class. They were in college at the same time. They competed against each other for many, many years. I think it could potentially be exciting to see them playing together. I mean, I could see it. There it goes. Christy Tauber pulling some strings, working her magic. She's, she's the, trying to she's get her girl in there. Over there. Yeah, she's the puppet master out here. And I'm not mad at it. You better use your power. Use it. Use it. And you know what your team needs now that you're there. You know, you're like already strate- uh, strategizing what you want to see in Phoenix. I love that for Christy and uh, trying to pull Deladon over, uh, Elena Deladon over there. And EDD not being happy in Washington is actually shocking to me, but because of all the reasons why that you stated, Sam. So it's strange, but it's also meaning that also means change. So we might see something like that happening. It would be a little odd to me, but I could still get down with it <laughs> you know it just makes sense i mean if christy tolliver sees a, a you know some something bright there with edd there then so be it like she's she's not a person she's not a she's not a, a, a coach now that's not going to make the right decisions i think she's been in the league long enough to know where pieces lie she's one of the best point guards ever to play in the w so yeah it's giving maybe that's the move maybe christy knows something we don't (laughs) so the last two that i want to mention i'm gonna say them together because i feel like it's kind of a package situation and that would be for sure jordan canada being cored by LA, we talked about that previously, but also expressing her interest in a sign and trade. And we're hearing that the team that she's interested in is Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We also heard from NECA Ogumake. Now, this NECA has not even announced what team she intends on going to, but ahead of contract signing, she has announced that she plans to leave LA. She already wrote her party words on Instagram. <laughs> and so it is Instagram official. She is out of LA and she has met with Atlanta, Chicago, New York, Phoenix, and Seattle as mm-hmm. potential landing spots. We don't know or have any leads on where she will end up. But the reason why I named both of them together is because 
we agreed that both of them will be great for Atlanta if Atlanta can sign them together. Absolutely. Double or nothing. Double or bust. Get it together, Atlanta. You know you need to do it. Put them together. They definitely need to do it. They have almost $700,000 in cap space. So Mm -hmm. we definitely feel like they can afford to sign Jordan Canada to her Supermax deal and Neka Gumake to a pretty sizable salary. And so with that, what do we think about them both leaving LA or potentially leaving LA? We know Neka is more than likely going to leave LA because she already gave her walking papers and Jordan Canada requesting this sign and trade after being cored. How do we feel about the both of them kind of saying that they're done with LA? Mind you, Jordan Spark. Canada went to college in LA. Yeah. And so wild. that is home for her. It's and so giving, how do we feel about both on. of them now leaving? It's giving Sam that there's something going on in front office, back office, all the offices. Okay. It's, all the offices. It, that's what it is. It's all the offices over there. <laughs> Seriously, though, it just, it's kind of been coming like a domino effect, right? You know, first it was, uh, was it first Chelsea or was it, was it Chelsea and Candace together? It was Chelsea, Candace, time? and Raquana it was Williams. It was Cam- all Cam- leaving it- in the same <gasps> offseason. And they all went the same place. <laughs> they all Two ended places. up on the same team eventually. So maybe this little contagious bug of hopping, jumping ship and going together somewhere else needs to happen with NECA and Jordan. It only makes sense. Like you said, Sam, they have Atlanta has the cap space. They have the space for, uh, for the money. They have the budget. So go on over there. I think it makes sense, but also it's starting to kind of shine a light on. There's a lot of people and a lot of great players that don't want to stay in LA and, that's starting to get a little alarming even on for like the the rookies that are stuck there (laughs) because they're under contract and also any other rookie that's coming in maybe it's it's giving you know there there's time for a a franchise player somebody to be there because jordan does not want to be there (laughs) jordan's like not me pick somebody else he said get somebody else to do it And NECA was basically like, I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I'm not going. And that's not back to L.A. (laughs) So it's getting bad. (laughs) It's getting bad over there where there's smoke, there is fire and there is a forest fire out there. For some reason, L.A. just can't get it together. Hopefully, Kurt figures out what to do. Uh, Like we talked about a little while ago, Clarendon staying there is great. And they need to lock in some other great players because... Yeah, NECA and Jordan going to Atlanta, it just makes sense. It has to be the both of them, though. Yeah, I definitely think that we can say NECA and New York is probably not going to be a thing because (laughs) JJ intends to re-sign with New York. So I think we're safe eliminating them. So that leaves Atlanta, Chicago, Phoenix, and Seattle. If I'm NECA and I'm going going on 34 this year, I'm thinking about winning another championship. Absolutely. I'm not going to any old team. And I think of the four remaining teams that she has had conversations with, I think Atlanta gives her the best core that's already there in Ryan, Alicia, and Cheyenne to really build a firm foundation around them. I think that locking both of them in together, not only do they have that teammate chemistry, but they also come with three rings. 
two for Jordan Canada, one for NECA Gunke. NECA was also 2016 league MVP. So sh- both of them bring high caliber play to the Atlanta Dream organization. So Renee Montgomery, I'm going to need you to go on ahead, tell your GM, tell your coaches, <laughs> we need to go on ahead and lock this in because it yeah, needs to happen. It needs to happen. Enough said. Listen, breakout star, unsung hero. This is probably one of the hardest thus far this season that I've had to do because we talked about how there's just been phenomenal games on, but this one was even greater. Like, I can't get over the way that these ladies have been playing basketball, period. And the game I'm talking about is two squads, UCLA versus Utah. And UCLA at the time, number two, don't know where the ranks are going to be this week, but anyway, against 16, Utah. The date, Monday, January 22nd, 2024. What a game it was. We are talking overtime, baby. Okay. Final score in overtime was 94 to 81. But my personal breakout stars are is number 24, junior guard, standing 5'10 and was leading score. She scored 21 points. She had she was six for 11. Okay. She went six for six for free throw. She had nine O boards and eight defensive boards. So she had a whopping 17 rebounds in total with four assists. It's Kennedy. Okay. Listen, Kennedy was balling out of control and a queen she is because it's Kennedy McQueen. When I tell you this woman, this young lady was balling all over the place. I mean, we can see because she had eight defensive rebounds so she was getting it done on the boards on defense and nine on O boards so come on get at your girl last but certainly not least number two guard Ines Vieta standing five six junior for Utah she had this great play okay now if we had to do just one highlight of this episode if I had to choose like back in the day when we were doing the W I would say it had to have been this play so we already know that Alyssa P. Lee is their star player, but she was kind of locked down and locked down for her is only scoring 16 points with six rebounds and uh, one assist. <laughs> That's like a bad day. How is that Alyssa locking her down? <laughs> That's like a bad day. Like, oh man, really locked her down, huh? But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how good this this young lady is. But you were expecting the outer bounds play to go to her because this was the last shot to hopefully tie or put them up by one point to just end the the game completely. But no, who do they go to? Vieta. She actually gets the ball from the inbound play, drives the ba- the really going towards the baseline plays in the layup scores and we're in overtime baby it was crazy I was screaming and I'm like these aren't even my teams but like what is going on it was a crazy game and then you know I love to say for teams to just completely lock down and hold down the court when you're playing at home and that is what Utah did they held it down at home they made sure that UCLA was not about to come up in there and take their win away so congratulations to Utah what a game that was 
upsetting the number two UCLA. Come on now. Give those ladies their flowers. Congratulations. You're my unsung breakout stars. Okay, okay. I see you over there. Well, (laughs) my breakout star was a game that I knew was going to be great the second I saw it on the schedule. I did not have any doubts that this was going to be one of the games of the season. I'm talking about the game on January 27th, UConn versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame pulled off a huge victory with a score of 82 to 67. This game was so hot, I actually missed the live broadcast. And it's one of the few times that I actually went back and watched it and didn't look at the score because I really just did not want to spoil it for myself. I was so excited (laughs) for the matchup between Hannah Hidalgo and Paige Beckers. And let me tell you, Notre Dame did not disappoint and what i loved most about it was the big three they really had their star moments at different periods during the game this was not a game that was consistent all the way through it was one minute notre dame was up by seven then yukon was up by 10 then notre dame was back up by four like it was such a back and forth game that you really could not tell until deep into the fourth quarter when Notre Dame started to really take it over that, okay, Notre Dame has this locked in. We had Citrone who just lit up in the second quarter. Hidalgo with a three to finish the half right at the buzzer. Then we had the third quarter opening up with a three by Paige Beckers because she wanted to get a little bit of vengeance in there. But then we had West Belt from Notre Dame with two crucial threes in the third quarter as UConn started to forge back. West Belt continued her threes into the fourth quarter to lock in the victory. Oh my goodness, such an intense game from start to finish. And those three players each played all 40 minutes of the game. Crazy. So Hannah Hidalgo, their star point guard, once again, 40 minutes, was 4 for 24, 14 for 24, with 34 points, including three threes, 10 rebounds, and six assists. So she's our double-double queen of the week. We have Maddie Westbelt, also 40 minutes, was 9 for 15 with 23 points, also with three threes, five rebounds one block and two steals and Sonia Citrone once again 40 minutes was six for 13 with 15 points six rebounds one block and two steals great win for the fighting Irish insane win congratulations ladies so as we wrap up another episode Joss tell the people where they can find us you know you can find us at Beyond the Bleachers underscore on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Make sure you like, follow, comment, and join us when we go live. You can also find the links to all of our social media pages and streaming platforms at BeyondTheBleachersPodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. Until next time, stay loud. Stay laced. And And stay stay locked locked in. in. Bye, Bye, y'all.